Let's go. Let's go, my awesome, amazing Spit Fizz friends. Thank you for pressing play. We are talking about stress today, and I want you to please keep listening because before you just think this is going to be a boring episode, I have some things to say that you probably have not heard of before and maybe some ways that I can reframe your mindset around stress because of the things that I learned the hard way, as I always say. Uh, Have you ever heard of the word eustress? What about pre-traumatic stress? Do you ever wonder if you can possibly handle all of the stress in your life when it feels like you're being bombarded from every angle? This episode was actually in the trash last week and the reason why there was no episode last week. Then I ended up having a conversation with a client about this very topic and we were both in tears from what was said. So I thought, let me resurrect this idea and revamp it a little bit because obviously it was a strong enough topic to have a couple of adults in tears. Then maybe someone out there can learn from this too. So I am going to talk about you stress and also good old regular schmegular stress stress too. And I think we're all familiar with that. But before we get into it, I'm Kelly Wilson, owner of fitfizstudio.com, and I am a personal trainer, nutrition coach, behavior change specialist, autoimmune disease educator, and I've worked in the health and fitness industry for over 25 years. I'm here to help you ditch the gimmicks, find strength through your struggles, give you the knowledge for making the smartest choices for your own health, and to remind you to celebrate victory all along the way. The information shared is for educational and informational purposes only. None of the contents should be interpreted as an intent to diagnose, treat, cure, heal, or prescribe. All right, now you might have noticed a trend with me giving you my reasons why I choose certain topics for my episodes. And one reason for talking about stress is that it's kind of an offshoot of all of the trauma information that I gave you in the five episodes about trauma. and. 2020, the year 2020 has definitely been a year for more stress for most people uh, because of COVID and the ripple effects of COVID on the economy and jobs and school and the way you run your household and how often people are home and just everything, right? How you take care of your family. So from my point of view as the creator of the podcast, I really do have, from my point of view, there is a logical order in the way I present episodes. So a lot of these things build on each other and it will continue to be that way. So for example, I still have some fantastic episodes lined up uh, with things like digestion and poop and food sensitivities, but it helps if you know about some of these other smaller pieces of the different puzzles first because there's so much overlap and I really want things to make sense in so many ways for everybody listening. So it simply doesn't make sense for me to talk about things like digestion and poop quite yet without covering some other ground first. So if you're a first-time listener who plans to be here for the long haul, welcome. I hope you're here with me forever. I do highly encourage you to obviously keep listening today, but also go back and listen to as many episodes in order as much as possible for things to make the most sense. And as I have also said on several other episodes and social media posts, how stress contributed to my own personal autoimmune issues. And that's no different from hundreds of thousands of other people. But when I say that, I'm often not sure if people who have have not experienced autoimmune issues, if they're really understanding why that is. So That's another thing that I'm going to be covering today, and that is for you to understand how allowing yourself to chronically be stressed out for prolonged periods of time is somewhat like putting out a welcome mat for disease, and more on that later in the show too. But first, let me talk to you about eustress. It's spelled E-U- S-T-R-E-S-S. So the word stress, but it has the words E-U in front of it. And this is U-stress is a happy stress or a good stress. And I'll never forget the first time I heard this word. And I was like, why have I never heard this word before? I remember it was May 2016 on a podcast. I have this kind of bizarro tendency to remember dates of super insignificant things. Or maybe it was significant because I was excited to learn this cool new word that made so much sense to me. It was a total aha moment when I heard 
you stress. Because all of my life, it felt like everyone always labeled me as a stressed out person. And it always made me feel bad about myself. And now when others label me that way, I think part of what they are seeing is simply the fact that I am an expressive person compared to a lot of people. Um, I emote. I've said this numerous times. Um, you should see how you should see the dramatic arm gestures I make when I record every episode. Right now, my arms are flailing all over the place. <laughs> uh, but people tend to tell me that also what I'm thinking is written all over my face with my expressions. And I think that is definitely a fact. But learning this word you stress, it made so much sense to me. You stress by definition, it means moderate or normal psychological stress interpreted as being beneficial to the experiencer. So it's good stress. It's happy stress. It's welcomed stress. Maybe you're thinking of a couple of examples already, but I have a couple for you, very big ones from my life to help you really understand what it is. And one of them is a story from Lovables, the dance team for the Chicago Bulls. For those of you who don't know, I danced for them for one season, experience of a lifetime. And at the end of the season, we had our own little end of season party and they gave out little certificates to everyone for like best this and worst whatever. And everyone got two or three of these little awards. So I got the award for best legs. Yay for that, along with a couple of other teammates. But what else did I get? I earned this other certificate all by myself. Nobody else got this one. It was the award for most nervous to perform, (laughs) which took me by surprise because I never thought of myself as particularly nervous before going out there to do our thing and dance on the basketball court. But it made me stop and think. And it was you stress. Sure, I got nervous and antsy, you know, like having this like anticipatory energy. But after you've already, you know, when on game day, we were already there for several hours that day and you've checked your makeup 75,000 times and it's finally two minutes until showtime. And it's like, let's go already. It was never a negative, scared type of stress. It was an I'm ready and excited to feel the rush of dancing on the basketball court, feeling like I can take on the world kind of stress. You stress. And my other example very quickly is with powerlifting. Um, Powerlifting meets are very long. Um, A well-run powerlifting meet might be seven or eight hours, but I've been at some powerlifting meets that were 12 to 14 hours long. And there's a lot of waiting around. So again, you know, there's a lot of waiting around. You just want to do your thing that you've prepared months for. And I remember so many times when it would be like close to my turn to do my lifts. My teammates, always super supportive and awesome. But, you know, they would have this reaction like, okay, Kelly, you know, like I'd be getting ready with my belt and my chalk and whatever. And you have to be on time. Um, They actually set a timer um, that you have like a minute from the time they say your name to start your lift. And, you know, part of that is just because the day is long enough already. We can't have people messing around. But, you know, you got to you got to be there. You got to be ready in that exact time that they call your name. And you got to time your warm ups and all that stuff. So, you know, I remember all the time teammates would be like, oh, it's okay. It's okay. Just calm down, whatever. And I always be like, what are you talking about? I'm, I'm good. Like, I'm, you know, I've danced in front of tens of thousands of people. <laughs> it's no big deal for me to go on stage and perform a squat. But, you know, I, and I think they were, they were interpreting my you stress, the good stress, happy stress as stress, stress. And They were misinterpreting it. But so basically you get the idea. You stress itself is not too complicated. And it's a nice word to have in your vocabulary in case anyone is ever like, stop stressing out about the birthday party. And maybe you're just excited for the birthday party to get started. And then you can just charmingly say, it's not stress. It's you stress. (laughs) And yes, this you stress is stress. The body would never confuse you stress for something relaxing. A lot of times it's due to the anticipation of something, but it's usually something good. So what if I ask you to tell me the word for the anticipation of something bad, where you have a lot of nervous or negative energy around it? Did you say anxiety? Yeah, it's basically anxiety. But 
here's a phrase that might be new for you as well. And this is something that I think will start to trend upwards in the coming years. So maybe you can say that you heard it here first, although I did not invent this word. It's a clinical term used by some therapists. And I've seen it. It's starting to be used more and more. And that is pre-traumatic stress. So not post-traumatic stress, but pre-traumatic stress. Um, So this is also the anticipation of impending stress in a negative way. It doesn't carry a positive feeling like eustress does. And I I once heard someone point out that depression is usually being stuck on thoughts of the past and anxiety is being stuck on thoughts of the future totally makes sense. And obviously, there's some hormonal chemistry happening with both of those. So it's not as totally simple as just changing your thoughts all the time. But there is some kind of, sometimes there is a hormonal or nutrient imbalance. But pre-traumatic stress is very much like anxiety. They are involuntary thoughts about the future and future events that are often, it feels fearful. Now, a lot of people have been experiencing pre-traumatic stress since March 2020, when we all realized that COVID-19 was changing how we lived our lives. And this is part of the reason why I trashed this episode, because this next part, I don't want this to come across incorrectly. So please, please don't, don't exit the show in the middle of this thought. Um, so when, in March of 2020, COVID-19 impacted everybody. And I actually consider myself to be one of the lucky ones because not much changed in my life due to COVID-19. I did lose my personal training job at the gym, but we had only been open for two weeks and then it shut down because of COVID. Then I went back to living my life with lack of work, lack of income, complete social social isolation, fear of getting sick. Because remember, recovering from autoimmune stuff I knew I was screwed if I even caught a regular cold. So COVID really was not any more scary for me. No, it was no more socially isolating for me. It was no more financially unstable and terrifying for me. So it was very weird to see, from my point of view, to see the world react to basically having to live in a way that I had already been living for three years prior over three years prior, and seeing everybody's stressed out reactions to what I had already been doing for a very, very long time. It was like autoimmune disease prepared me for what it was like to live in a worldwide pandemic. And it still really sucks. It's still stressful and hard, but I've already been in this position. Actually, it's closing in on close to four years. What's worse about it when I was originally having to face all of these realities for my life was that I was also in immense physical pain as well uh, with autoimmune pain. Now, I'm not telling you this to have you sit there and roll your eyes like, screw you, Kelly, must be nice to have it all figured out because the rest of us are having the worst year ever and we hate it and it is very stressful. No you stress over here. So that's not why I'm saying this. I'm telling you about how COVID didn't really change my life So that if you are struggling, if you are stressed out with the weight of these changes in daily life since March, let this be a cautionary tale that if you don't like lockdown life, if you don't like social distancing life, if you don't like unstable income life, then you really, really would not be a fan of the isolation and insecurity of autoimmune disease life. and. How do you avoid autoimmune disease life? The best, most powerful thing you can do is to reduce stress or learn to befriend it. And I'm going to tell you some tips on that later on. But allowing stress to take control of your life for months, years, decades, absolutely does lead to autoimmune diseases of many kinds. It starts with stress and or trauma. And if the body doesn't get any sense of safety or security or relief for long periods of time, things start to creep up. You get symptoms that start off small, like maybe 
hives, eczema, food sensitivities, digestive issues, all that happened to me. If you ask anybody with an autoimmune condition, almost a a very, very large percentage will tell you they, yep, that's how it started with them. And that's truly the beginning stages of what we outwardly see happening with the body when it's already making its way toward an autoimmune disease. But what's been brewing inside the body already is it's far more serious directly because of the stress than most people realize. And once those things start to happen and you either A, let it continue or B, go to a regular doctor who gives you a prescription and tells you something totally unhelpful that doesn't fix the root of the issue like eat more salads, things will absolutely start to get worse until you have eventually been diagnosed with something like IBS, Hashimoto's, Graves disease, lupus, fibromyalgia, rheumatoid arthritis, psoriasis, uh, psoriatic arthritis, multiple sclerosis, Addison's disease, type 1 diabetes, and the list goes on and on. Those are all autoimmune conditions. And people are always shocked at how common these diseases are. But if you look at the high level of stress in most people, it should be no surprise. And not only that, but factoring in unresolved trauma, whether it's from your life or if it was passed on to you from previous generations and So I did those five episodes on trauma. You can go back and listen to those if you're not familiar with how that plays a part, but it absolutely does. But for example, if the last three generations of your family have had fibromyalgia, and if you want to be as super proactive about your health as possible, heal the trauma that was likely passed on to you from those generations, whether it was trauma from having fibromyalgia itself or Go back and look at when that first family member was diagnosed with it. Was it brought on by trauma? Because there's a very high likelihood that it was. And I feel like I'm getting a little bit off track here. So definitely go and listen to those trauma episodes if you haven't already. But getting back to understanding how stress affects health. My first job out of college, it was a highly, highly dysfunctional environment. The owner was a destructive alcoholic. I can't even say he was a functioning alcoholic because he was not functioning. He, he was in the office destroying things. There was a lot of sexual harassment happening that I didn't know how to speak up about. And it was an all around bad place to be. And at that time, I didn't even have the confidence or outside support to know that leaving that job was really even an option. It sounds ridiculous to say it now, but I didn't um, because I was it was so ingrained in me that quitting was unacceptable 100% of the time, something I've really had to work hard at deconstructing within myself now that I know, now I know that if I'm being harmed, it is healthy to walk away. Thankfully, I learned that. But one of my coworkers would always say to me, Kelly, stress is bad for your health. And at the time, I always brushed it off like, of course it is, but this is life. I had no idea. And, you know, I was in my early 20s. I had no idea until I crashed and burned about like two decades later, little under two decades later, crashed and burned into a prolonged full body illness, just how bad my health, how bad for my health stress could really be. When stress was pushing me off the deep end, I was 40 years old. I hated reporting to an office every day where they constantly made me feel undervalued and overworked. And I was miserable every single day. I tried finding other jobs, but it wasn't happening. I cried in the parking lot pretty much every single day before and after work because I was so miserable. Tiny things would set me off, the tiniest things. And I would be so super irritable for no good reason. Guess what? Hello, trauma responses. I see now that me being super irritable and set off by little things, those were trauma responses. I know that looking back, but back then, I didn't know that being easily set off, waking up irritated, all that stuff was a combination of trauma responses. And it was like the beginning to middle stages of autoimmune stuff starting to erupt. I had no idea of any of this. And I had to figure it out on my own. That's why I do this podcast. So I really hope you take me seriously and really look at what's going on with your life. And you, I hope this is like a wake-up call for a lot of you listening. 
on the outside, when all this was happening on the outside, I was strong. I was deadlifting over 400 pounds. I was squatting almost as much. But the stress of hating my job was quite literally eating away at my body. My own cells were attacking themselves as if they were foreign invaders in my thyroid from stress, from years of it, years of neglecting to take care of it. But you know what? It was because I didn't know how. I didn't know better. I didn't know that was actually happening. And even if I did, I didn't have a safe place to land. I didn't have the knowledge of the danger that I was in. I was really in danger in hindsight. But I want you to learn from my mistakes. There's certainly a big gray area of overlap with chronic stress and trauma. So again, I hope it makes sense that I present these episodes in a certain order with a reason. Now, believe me, if you think the situation with COVID lockdown is bad and you don't want to be socially isolated and jobless and sick and you can't go to the gym and you're fearing that a virus could, you know, make things so much worse. Imagine if it was autoimmune. It's going to be so much longer. You're going to be even fearing just a regular cold virus because it could set off an autoimmune flare if you let the stress push you down that kind of a road. That was my life for over three years because I did not get my stress stress in check. And I don't beat myself up about it now because I genuinely didn't know and I didn't have anyone to guide me and I didn't have these resources. I just didn't know. That's why I'm doing this. I want people to realize it is really like It can really ruin your life. Less than a year ago, I was still not nearly as recovered health-wise as I am now. I think that some people who met me within the last, I don't know, nine months or so tend to forget that. Literally, this past weekend was the one-year anniversary of an event that I went to in Chicago. I was super excited to go meet somebody who I admire as a podcaster And she helped me work through a lot of my own trauma and mental health issues. Her name is Elizabeth D'Alto. She just changed the name of her podcast from, it used to be Truth Telling, and she just changed it. I think it's called Embodied with Elizabeth D'Alto. But, you know, I was going to go to this two-day workshop, work through some trauma, get to talk to her in person. Amazing thing. There were only like eight slots available. And I went the first day, and it was such a release of trauma for me that I you know, it was my body was not healed enough from autoimmune issues. I was physically unable to get out of bed the next day and I had a huge migraine, but my body was like, it was a healing thing for me. And it sucked. I couldn't go to the second day, but that one day was so super powerful. And it was a lot of healing that I really, really needed. But like I was saying, a year ago, I was still very much not well. And I'm still not right now. I'll probably be saying that another year from now. But my story is not unique. And I've seen countless memes from others with autoimmune conditions over the past few months, basically saying how this way of life since COVID is nothing new for people with autoimmune issues. And again, it's certainly not to say, hey, this is easy for us. Heck no. It's hard. And but it's kind of like this ain't our first rodeo. (laughs) And All of the people who abandoned us because we couldn't go out and socialize are suddenly getting a dose of what it was like, minus the illness part. And I'm not telling you to just stop stressing out because if I had a dollar for every time someone told me to just stop stressing out, I would certainly be a very, very rich woman because, and also when you hear that, it's super unhelpful because people never accompany that stop stressing out with here are the tools to do so. So I'm going to give you some tools before this episode is over. But, um, you know, when you tell somebody to stop stressing out, it's kind of like they're dangling over a cliff and you're up where it's safe and just kind of looking over the edge at them like, hey, you should probably stop that. But you don't save them. You just kind of watch to see what they're going to do. So don't be that person. So, but what can you do? One thing you can work on is basically think of it like trying to tip the scale on your recovery time from a stressful event. I used to not be able to recover basically at all. If I felt stress, 
It was like, all right, stress, we're ride or die. Let's ride this thing out for as long as my body decides it's going to last. And I let it control me. I didn't know that because I was in it and I was, my fight or flight response was taking over because of trauma and so many other things. I didn't know that I was letting stress control me. I didn't realize I was making that choice. But if you're listening and you say to sell, say, you're saying to yourself, yeah, right, Kelly, if it's something stressful, it's stressful and that's just how it is. But that's not true. Even if you are an emotional, empathic, expressive person like me, how you start is having awareness that your thoughts are controlling your feelings. So if you can learn to change your thoughts, you can change your feelings. We're going to talk a lot more on that in the future. But for now, if you feel like stress is spinning out of control and eating away at you, see if you can start to have a shorter recovery time for how long you react to stress in an even more stressed out way. Now, you stress, the good kind of stress, usually has a very short recovery time, like minutes or hours or maybe a few days if you're excited about going on a trip or something like that. But stress, stress, the bad kind of stress, how long does it take you to recover? Days, hours? See if you can minimize that recovery time instead of allowing the thoughts that enable it to keep going and going and going. You're in charge. You really are. And if you struggle with this, it's important to give yourself permission to acknowledge that the stressful event or circumstance is hard. It is. But reacting in a less stressed out way is better for you. And that doesn't make your circumstance any less hard. I cannot emphasize enough how badly I wish I had someone to tell me that in a loving, gentle way decades ago. It would have been life-changing for me. So I'm going to repeat it again. Please really listen to this for the future of your health. You're in charge. Give yourself permission to acknowledge that the stressful event or circumstance is hard, but reacting in a less stressed out way doesn't make it any less hard, but it's better for your health. Reacting in a less stressed out way will empower you to get to the other side with a clearer head in a shorter amount of time. Remember, at the top of the show, how I said I had trashed this whole episode and then I had a discussion with my client and I realized I needed to do this. The exact thing that we talked about was how she was realizing all of this due to having health issues and how stress does have this entire health impact that I'm talking about and how so many people don't realize the bigger picture. She was realizing it. And I don't remember if she said it first or if I said it first, but we use the term rock bottom. And I said, yeah, unfortunately, I do think that most people have to hit their version of a rock bottom with stress before they do wake up enough to realize, oh, my God, this stress is actually creating disease. And she asked me what my rock bottom was. And I immediately knew the exact moment where I was in this dark place of unemployment, being sick and attempting to act as if I was okay going on job interviews when I totally was not and knowing I was so unwell it was not it was not safe for me to be driving but I had to because I had no choice I was putting all these lives in danger it was that was terrifying and I couldn't even barely stand up to shower or get food and I clearly remember one day after it was the effort that it took for me to go to a job interview you know it just drained me like I I can't even there aren't even English words for how much it drained me and how much pain I was in from putting on a show at this job interview but it left me unable to function for the next couple of days I was crying in bed I my brain was so foggy like I I couldn't have passed the most basic test thing I was in bad shape full body pain 
I didn't know yet why my, my, why my whole body was basically shutting down. And I was hungry. I didn't have much food. And I remember it was closing. I remember laying in bed thinking like it had been well over 24 hours since I had last eaten. And I was literally, it was, I hadn't eaten because I was literally in so much physical pain that I could not get my body out of bed to get food. But I knew if I could at least find the strength to get food, maybe I'd have a little bit more energy. And it's not that far from my bed to my kitchen. It's maybe like five yards. And I was too weak to walk. So I slithered onto the floor because I was new in my head. I was going to crawl there. It was easier than walking. And I, li- I literally could not stand. And here was my rock bottom moment. I was halfway to the kitchen crawling. And I took a nap on the floor halfway to the kitchen because I didn't even have the strength to make it all the way there without resting. Now, after I woke up from that nap, halfway to the kitchen, I finally made it. I opened the fridge for still from the floor. I ate a few bites of cold pizza because, you know, on the floor the whole time because standing required more strength than I had. Ate a few bites of that cold pizza, went back to sleep on the floor right there by the refrigerator. And I remember waking up after that feeling slightly better And I think that was my turning point where I realized that the stress of my situation had to change, regardless of any other health diagnosis, that whatever was really happening to my body, I knew my stress level had to change. And it was probably a couple of days later that I started started to do EFT tapping, which I mentioned in the trauma therapy episode, episode 68. And I still kind of thought it was stupid, but I I kind of thought that's not going to work. But I was so I was desperate enough that I gave it a genuine chance. And it actually did start to help me enough that I could bring my stress level down enough to at least think a little more clearly and to make decisions. And that so that was within those couple of days, my rock bottom from not even being able to get to the kitchen to starting to turn things around by learning to do EFT tapping. I want to remind you that I didn't have anyone sit me down and gently teach me all of this stuff. As I've been saying a lot lately, I learned it the hard way and it was not fun. No, the complete opposite of fun. It was horrible. So I just really hope to be able to be that person for so many of you listening to help you realize and hopefully show you ways that you can save yourself from years of pain or even maybe even stop a cycle of disease in your family because it is that powerful. A part of the reason I never realized all of this is my personality type too. For me to believe something, I really need like 100% of the concrete facts to be presented. Otherwise, I really kind of have a reaction like, eh, whatever, I'm not sure if I believe you. So like when my friend would always say, Kelly, stress is bad for your health. I bet a lot of you listening are the same way. You're busy. Life is hectic. Maybe you're type A. You're always in charge. People depend on you. You pride yourself on your career and doing things well. And hey, if so, I get it. So for me to have listened to, hey, stress is bad for you, it would never work. If that person had been like, hey, here are the resources. Here's where you start. Here's how you know why stress is bad for you. Here's what's happening in your body. Here's how your cells react. Here's the chain reaction that happens. And this is why you'll be diagnosed with Hashimoto's at age 41. (laughs) If someone had presented it that way, then I would have been receptive, like pump the brakes, tell me everything you know. So maybe you're like that too, which is why I do the show. And I know you're smart. And I know that you need more than a clickbait headline. So. That's why I'm telling you why things happen. And that's why I create shows in this format to teach you so you will hopefully want to be proactive in preventing some of the things that caused me a lot of pain. Now, when we live with the illusion that we can let anything run through our minds, causing distraction and chaos while our bodies do something else, it will leave you feeling stressed out. Any stress, real or imagined. It's still stress. And think about that again. Imagined stress is just as destructive as a real stress. 
because our thoughts create it. Do you create imagined stress sometimes when something happens or doesn't happen because of your need to control things? Has a maybe you have a sense that you need to do something, but there's nothing that can be done. So you freak out and that becomes that something that you do. I'm totally guilty, but I've gotten much better at I've gotten much better at reducing that recovery time for when that starts to happen. Next time, work or kids have you stressed out and you're in a bad mood, instead of writing it out and you're like ride or die with the stress and your stress reaction and you're choosing to let it control you, start, try, I want you to really try to pull yourself out of the moment. Now it's hard. If that fight, flight, or freeze response is taking over, it's super hard to pull yourself out of the moment. But if you can remember, just you just need that split second to try to pull yourself out of the moment. Try to observe your thoughts as an outsider would. Try to have the awareness to say, okay, I'm freaking out right now. I don't like how I'm reacting to this. Let me observe this as if I was another person. I'm out here beside my brain watching these chaotic thoughts happen. And yep, there's a lot of chaos. And this also looks like maybe it's a trauma response because look at this. I am having these same feelings that I experienced when this other traumatic event happened. So it's triggering feelings not even directly related to today. So I accept myself for having these massive feelings because I need to be nice to myself and I know that I'm going to work on healing this trauma so this other stuff isn't so painful in the future. And yeah, life is super hard right now and I'm going to allow myself the grace to cry and curse for the next 10 minutes and let it all out. And then I'm going to do some deep breathing or some EFT tapping and I know I will feel better after that. Oh, and I remember that one time that Kelly mentioned how that thing about how feelings pass through the body in 90 seconds and anything beyond that is a choice that you've made to keep feeling that way. And I'm going to actively choose to not hang on to these stressed out feelings so that I can think clearer and my body will totally thank me for it. (laughs) Got it? There's your example of how I want you to learn to talk to yourself. Stressful moment happens. Pull yourself out of the moment. And even if, you know, it'll, it'll take a few tries. You're not going to remember to pull yourself out of the moment the first time, but maybe you'll remember 20 minutes into it, or you'll remember after you calm down. But then the next time, maybe you'll remember five minutes into it. And trust me, if I can do this, you can do this. Replay that exact conversation I just said as an example, if you need to. Um, there's also something called metabolic stress, which is the sum of emotional stress, structural and physical stress, and also biochemical stress. So all of the different kinds of stress in your body, which includes working out because it's stress and includes, you know, not getting enough sleep. That's stress. And I've said this numerous times before. It's worth repeating. When your body is under prolonged metabolic stress, so meaning any kind of stress, remember your body is in that fight, flight, or freeze state. When your body is going through that, one of the worst things you can do is prolonged cardio of any kind. Distance running, elliptical machines, treadmills, Zumba, spinning, any of that stuff, prolonged cardio. When your body is already super crazy stressed out, at that point, your body does not know the difference because you're in fight, flight, or freeze. Your body does not know the difference in the sense that you're actually not running from lions and tigers and bears. All it knows is that there's more stress. Therefore, your body will have more negative reactions to that additional stress, even though you're doing it on purpose as a form of exercise. But your body will continue to have more negative reactions depending on how long the the prolonged stress has already been happening. But what I mean by that is it will show up in ways like insomnia, more mood swings, more digestive issues, maybe skin irritations and things like that. I feel like so many people ignore this fact. Another example that is far too common is when you're already not getting adequate sleep, but you set your alarm for 3.30 a.m. so you can work out. Not smart. It's not. If you're already chronically stressed out, I am begging you to allow sleep to take more priority than exercise. 
it really upsets me how much our society glorifies not getting enough sleep. When if you really understand how important it is, you'll see that bragging about not getting enough sleep is just as ridiculous as bragging about like, oh, I only eat 800 calories a day. We know that is unhealthy, right? So is bragging about not getting enough sleep. Like if you stay up until midnight because you worked 16 hours and then you got up at 3.30 a.m. to work out, there is no glory in that. And I'm sorry if that feels like a smack in the face to some of you, but it's, it's not smart. It's just, it really isn't. And I say it with love, but I also say it harshly because I'm tired of seeing people do this to themselves. Now, this whole befriending stress thing, does it all make a little more sense in terms of the big picture? Oh, and something else I really wanted to mention. When your stress is really high, your adrenals are working overtime, which isn't healthy. So listen to episode nine for more on adrenals. But this fight, flight, or freeze response is in effect. And remember how in previous episodes I talked about our primitive brain? When all of that happens due to stress and your discipline and ability to make executive decisions declines because your body is in survival mode. It's like you're dropping rotten trash all over your kitchen floor and pretending it's not there. Would you do that? Just dropping rotten trash all over your kitchen? No, you're going to clean it up, right? So maybe that's another thing you can manage. If you can manage to step outside of your own thoughts while you're in stressed out, freak out mode, think of it like you're allowing yourself to drop rotten trash all over your brain and you're choosing to not pick it up by choosing to not reduce stress. You're making a choice to just leave it there, which is ridiculous, right? So make the choice to pick up the trash, to reduce the stress. Maybe you need to look up your victory language or the five love languages to see what kind of need is not being met and find a way to fulfill that need for yourself to bring the stress down. That gives me another show idea of how stress creates inflammation. But to touch on it super quickly for right now, you guys, when my past, when I was at rock bottom and then well enough to learn how to get lab testing done on my own, the tests, and I was testing things that my doctor refused to order. I did some tests on inflammation. Oh my gosh, you guys, that was a huge wake up call for me too. I had certain kinds of inflammation that were so severely off the charts in a very, very dangerous way. Do partially do so the inflammation was some of it was from foods that I was eating that I didn't realize I was sensitive to, but a lot of it was from stress. So definitely a lot more on that another time. One major thing that I have learned about myself and looking back on all of my worst stressful freak out moments, and there are many, many, many of them, but many, many, many of them were trauma responses. And most of the rest of them were basically because people were standing in my way of allowing me to proactively take care of the things causing me stress. I didn't have the boundaries or the language to say, basically, help or get out of the way. I have important things to do for the sake of my own health. And now I'm very blunt about it. And I know it's super off-putting to some people, but if they're not going to help by making my life easier, then I've got to I've got to come across that way because you know what? Being a doormat certainly didn't work. Being a doormat gave me autoimmune disease. And honestly, I feel like it's correct to say that in hindsight after all I've been through and fought through on my own. But especially over the course of my personal hardships over the last few years, I've been I've been disappointed in people a lot. That lets me know I was not depending on myself as fully as I should have been. So, I've really opted to, like I was saying, I've, I've adopted a help or get out of the way mentality towards other people when things get stressful for me. And that has made me much more resilient in trying to deal with stress. Because I mean, really think about it. A lot of people, they just kind of want to like stand, stand on the sideline and like coddle you when you have stress. But that is the opposite of helpful. And, you know, as hard as it might be, if you really want to change things, sometimes you have to get brave enough to be blunt enough to let them know and to not feel bad about it. There's that, that good girl conditioning or good boy conditioning that is so destructive. So, you know, it's a lot. It's a lot. I know. So let me get back on track here. 
But now that you have a wider perspective of how stress impacts health, I want to share a statistic with you, which is from Harvard Medical School. They did a study that said that stress is an epidemic that is responsible for 90% of all doctor's visits. 90%. And I truly don't care what kind of prescription is given for any of those visits because absolutely zero drug prescriptions will fix the issue of stress. Drugs only hide the symptoms. If stress is the cause of 90% of all visits, the only way to fix that is in your hands, not with a pill. So I totally get it if you cannot change your circumstances. But your reactions to them can be different so that it doesn't send you on the fast track to disease. For me, that turning point was learning EFT tapping, as I mentioned. And if you want to look, if you want to learn more on that, look for an app called Tapping Solution. They make it as easy as it can possibly be. And I feel like I say this often too, but I don't think people quite grasp how real and true this is until they try it. Supplements that are for adrenal support or things like ashwagandha, if you take them consistently, it can make your perception of stress much more manageable. Meaning, if you're experiencing stress and your freakout level is at a 95 on a scale of 1 to 100, with the right supplement, that same stressful situation might feel like a 65 rather than a 95. And I get why people brush this off, but it's seriously something to look into. It's real. These supplements do work. And for legal purposes, I'm going to once again say I'm not prescribing, but do some reading. Look up adrenal support supplements. And if you want a starting point, I'll have a link in the show notes for some of my top picks for adrenal supplements that are on Amazon. Things like magnesium and something called myoinsetol can make stressful events feel much more manageable. And that's something that was life-changing for me too. These are not gimmicks. They can truly, truly help. Now, one more closing thought that might help how you think of stress. Stress is not the enemy. It's truly a protective response from a real or imagined threat from the primitive part of the brain. It's a cry for help. It's a cry for comfort and safety. Your heart is racing. Your blood vessels are constricting. It's because you're preparing to basically run from danger. That's what the primitive part of the brain is preparing to do when you feel stressed out. Yet, what do most of us do to actively prove to the body that there is no danger? Not a whole lot, right? So we're deeply, deeply conditioned to accept the feeling of stress. See if the next time you feel emotionally set off by stress in some way, you pull yourself out of a stress response by acknowledging, oh, okay, this is stressful. My body is telling me it needs something. What do I need? How can I slow my heart rate down to let my body know that there is not a real danger? There have actually been studies done that showed that if a person learned, this is super important, hang in there with me, really listen. If a person, these studies have proven that if a person learned to see a stress response as a helpful sign from the body, that a protective and calming action should be taken, that the blood vessels don't even constrict as much over time. So as long as you change your mindset, basically what I'm saying, as long as you're like, oh, this is a stress response, my body is freaking out. Let me try to calm the body down. Just thinking that will bring your heart rate down and your blood vessels will constrict less. They have proven that with studies. And these types of physiological responses in the body, they actually look very much like eustress and not the bad kind of stress that eventually leads to things like heart disease and other diseases. And it creates the types of chemical reactions in the body that look similar to joy resilience, and courage. And obviously those are great things, right? So if you can just react to stress differently and not just being like, oh, this is part of life. I'm always going to be stressed out how I used to be, but be like, okay, this is stressful. I'm going to try to send signals to my body that I can react not so intensely. Your body is actually going to start feeling basically feeling proud of itself. And the chemical reactions in your body are going to be more similar to that of 
the chemical reactions that take place when you have courage. Doesn't that sound great? Doesn't that make you want to react differently? It means having a newfound trust in your body that once you react to stress with a trust that it's protecting you, therefore you react to what your body needs in a soothing way. Imagine the power you have over your health by learning to do this. Think of the wear and tear on your heart and your blood vessels that you'll save over the course of years just by giving yourself this power to reframe how you think about stress. This is a superpower at your disposal. Who wouldn't want that? It's super cool, right? And I'm not saying it's easy, just like anything else. If you practice it, you will get better at it. But if I can do it, I know you can do it. So try it before you hit your rock bottom of stress or another rock bottom. Try it. Let me know how it goes so I can celebrate that victory with you. I would really, really love to hear about it. I seriously want to uh, share your stories if you'll allow me that. And I have a new, uh, a new tool for you to try. You can leave me a voice message by going to speakpipe.com slash fitfiz. You can record a voice message. I would love to share your feedback. Uh, so leave me a message. I might read it or read it on the show or play it on the show. Tell me what you learned. What kind of aha moments did you have? Celebrate your victories with me in a message. I would be super excited. And I want to hear your excitement by learning to own this superpower of reframing how you think about stress so you don't hit a rock bottom. Also, don't forget, I'd love to talk with you one-on-one, help you break through whatever is holding you up in making changes in your health or nutrition or fitness. Go to fitfizstudio.com slash coaching to schedule your session. And if you'd like to help support the show for as little as a dollar a month, uh, think of it like a virtual tip jar. You can go to patreon.com slash Kelly Wilson and get rewards like discounts in the FitFizz shop for helping me out. Major thanks to my current supporters, Wendy C, Jerris H, Zach R, Pamela P, Elise V, Tracy D, and the Pulling Back the Curtain podcast. I love you all so much for the support. Thank you so much for listening today. Please share this with a friend if you enjoyed the show. And until next time, breathe, stay strong, and always celebrate victory. Celebrate victory.